0: Welcome to Conversations for the Animals. I am Lisa Tynan with Houston Pet Set, and I am joined today by our first ever repeat guest on the podcast, Shelby Baboski from Texas Humane Legislation Network. I'm so excited to have you on because I know you have a lot to talk about right now uh, because we are in session right now with the legislature in Texas, and you have been busy, I think, with a capital B uh, and I'm I'm excited to delve into what what THLN has going on and what we can tell our listeners and our viewers to do to get everything on the right track. So welcome. Thank you for joining. And let's let's dive right in, Shelby. <laughs> tell us what we're worried about right now and what we should be focusing about.
1: Is it five o'clock somewhere? Soon. Um, soon. So, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. Um We have such an amazing partnership with Houston Pet Set. Um, You guys are our voice in Houston, along with so many others, because you understand that one law at the Capitol can effectuate change for thousands of animals throughout the state. So first of all, I appreciate the opportunity to speaking with you and your audience today. And we love you guys. So thank you for that. Wow, where do I begin? This legislative session is probably one of the most difficult uh, that I've seen. And I've been down there since 2009. Oof. And essentially there's thousands and thousands of bills that are filed and three fourths of those bills die. Okay. So three out of four bills die. And so you just hope that your legislation makes it to the very end. Right, And there are some really good ideas Um, And some great bills that we'll talk about. But also there are some very bad ones. And so I think a lot of your um, audience don't understand that sometimes our job is to kill a really bad bill. Oh, yeah. And then that takes up all your energy and it's really hard to pass one when you're trying to stop another one. Right. So that's what we're looking at this session. And
0: sometimes they they coincide. The bad bill would prevent the good bill from passing, right? So you're kind of fighting on two fronts simultaneously.
1: Absolutely. So yeah. I know
0: there's one specific bill that that is happening for. And I I, I know you wanted to spend some time talking about that. So it's it's the bill that, that I know, you know, we went, we joined you guys in in Austin a couple weeks ago for the Humane Lobby Day. And I know this was one of, was it seven bills that we were talking to legislate, uh, legislators about trying to get them to, to say yes to. So let's talk about the yes one first, and then we can talk about why you're fighting the no bill also.
1: Excellent. So the yes bill is something that we've been working on for the past two years. The Texas legislature meets every two years for only six months. That's crazy. and Right? And we are one of a very few select states that actually do that. So you have to wait two years to pass a bill. And as you know, animals don't have that time. Mm -mm. Um, You know, that's why with your help, we were able to pass the Safe Outdoor Dogs Act. And it meant so much to people throughout the state. But the first bill that I'd like to talk about today is strengthening the licensed breeder program. So real quick history lesson, in 2011, we passed the state's first ever program that actually regulates dog and cat breeders. And so many people say, why would you ever protect puppy mills? Why can't we outlaw puppy mills? You can't outlaw a business, but what you can do is regulate them and make sure that they are giving their animals proper food, water, shelter, veterinary care. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was passed in 2011. It was pretty monumental that we were able to get it through. Since then, last session in 2021, it went through a sunset review. And although there were so many great things about the program, there were actually a lot of loopholes and a lot of problems that came out as a result of that review of the sunset. So we were able to save it thanks to you and your listeners that made the calls because we can't take a step back in animal welfare, Right. right? We can only move forward. So we saved the program. So now we're here to fix it. So what is the biggest fix, in our opinion, bringing more breeders into the program? Right now, you are in the program if you have 11 11 breeding females and you sell 20 puppies a year. So the only changes we have in our bill is we're bringing 11 breeding females down to five breeding females and we're removing the sales requirement. And so those are the two fixes And we've worked with TDLR. We've actually worked with a lot of breeders um, to get this right, because we um, and there's some exemptions to the bill that have always been there. And we're going to keep those as well. So that's the bill. So
0: correct me if I'm wrong. Texas is the only state that has that high of a threshold to be considered a commercial breeder, right? Most of them are much lower than 11 females.
1: Much lower I want to say it's possible that Kansas or one other state is as high. You're right. But that's, you know, from our standpoint, think of how many puppies, right? And a lot of these breeders become sophisticated and they'll keep it at 10. And so we need to get all of those other breeders that are skirting this law right now into the program. Again, the exemptions are really important. Um, Sporting dogs, hunting dogs, agricultural dogs. We are not, we don't want them in the program and they're not in the program. They're exempt. So we did, after our first hearing, hear from some breeders that do confirmation shows. They just want to preserve the breed. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. You will be exempt as well. So we're really just going after those people that sell these puppies for Profit. For profit and to Simple
0: the, as that. and to the pet stores that we have worked so hard here in Houston and at the other major cities to stop them from coming into these pet stores. It's all everything is interconnected and and it's so important to stop them at the source. Um, right. The the pet other thing pet
1: stores. Um, you know, I know Harris County, we're so proud of you all because you've banned the sale of roadside. Animals. And, you know, at the end of the day, if they're just meeting you in a parking lot, if they're doing other things, they are those breeders that more than likely are skirting the wall. And a lot of good breeders, they love displaying their Texas TDLR license because they're proud of it because they've been inspected and they know that they're at least meeting the basic standards of care.
0: So you, you, Bring me to my next question, which is in terms of inspection, in terms of that governing body, what does that look like for a commercial breeder? I mean, is it at the risk of sounding kind of accusatory? Are they doing what they need to be doing, inspecting even these facilities who do have 11 or more females? Or is that sort of something that does it yes. need to be stricter?
1: Um, we always want to push for stricter regulations of these breeders. But right now, again, we're just trying to bring everybody into the program that is doing this for use. But to answer your question, they have to fill out an application. They have to have a pre-inspection. So TDLR, um, which is the Texas Department of Licensing and Regulation, will go and inspect the premises. And the permit is $300 for 11. And 500 for 25 breeding females. Okay. okay. But there is a pre-inspection, prog- um, excuse me, pre-license uh, inspection, and then they are inspected here and after that. Okay. And, you know, a picture tells a thousand words. And we just recently posted on our Facebook page four pictures mm-hmm. from TDLR inspectors that actually went to unlicensed facilities. And you should see the the status of these dogs. It's, it's terrible it's, it's and terrifying awful. all at the same time.
0: It really is. And in a previous life, uh, with a, a previous job, I have been to puppy mills during the seizure, and it's it stuck with me beyond the visual. What stuck with me the most was the smell that these yes. and these were animals that were being held in indoor outdoor runs. And even with access to the outside, the smell of these care- dogs who were not being cared for—and there, I think we there were well over you know two hundred dogs on the premises. This was not some small backyard breeder. This was a full-scale puppy mill operation. All of them were sick. They all had yeast infections in their ears, and that's what the smell was. There were deceased dogs all over the property. It was absolutely heartbreaking and horrible. And you, you sort of wonder how long that was going on and and why it took so long for someone to step on the property and say you are not meeting the regulations that you should be meeting. Now this was not in the state of Texas, but it, the same thing still applies. Where is the regulation and and how can we get more breeders being held responsible for the care of their animals?
1: And who and who paid for that? Probably the humane society that you are with. Mm-hmm. And you know, the the problem is exactly what you said. These are horrific inhumane conditions where profit is put over the welfare of animals. Yes. But in addition to that, the humane societies are picking up the tabs. We as taxpayers are picking up the tabs. This is not fair to do to our rural law enforcement or sheriffs mm-hmm. because they're the ones that have to go in and seize the animals. I'm so glad you brought up this example because prior to 2011, we had seizures 400 puppies and, and dogs. 500, 600, Right. That's huge. And then when we passed this law, we really did see a dramatic decrease in these huge seizures. Now, people are going to break the law anyways, but it really was the Wild West. Yeah. And so I do want to say that this session, there was actually a bill, Lisa, to repeal the licensed breeder program immediately. And so THLN came shooting out of the gate. <laughs> We got everybody on board and that legislator got a ton of calls saying, no, we can't. We cannot take a step backwards. Again, we we have to move forward because, as you know, right now, our shelters are beyond crisis. Yeah. Puppies and kittens being euthanized. Why? Lack of space. Right now.
0: So. With this lowering to five breeding females, this is just still someone can, can make quite a bit of money. This is this is not going after, like you said, the the breeders who are breeding for love of breed or for sport. This is people who maybe went to a pet store, bought a very expensive dog or several, and they're trying to make that money back by selling these puppies. I mean, these are people who are not doing it for love of, of the breed. Um, but you mentioned a second part of that bill, which is the sales receipt requirement. So previously, what were they required to show and how will this change that?
1: Great question. So you had to show, um, well, excuse me, TDLR had to prove that you as a breeder sold 20 puppies that year. Okay. Well, as we know, they're cash transactions. Right. A lot of them, it's hard to (laughs) save or even show receipts. And some of the breeders were saying, well, I'm just giving them away. But a perfect example from Houston was there was a woman that was breeding the Border Collies. I don't know if you remember that case. And she was never inspected by TDLR because when they found her and found all of these horrific inbred Border Collies, she skirted the laws because she never sold any of the puppies. She just kept them. Oh, no. She was mentally ill. Oh, so no. in a house, I think there were over um, 180 border collies and it was terrifying and they were inbred and many of them had to be euthanized and it was terrible. But because she didn't sell them, she skirted the inspection. So we just need to get rid of that anyways. And it was actually in the report to remove it. OK,
0: good. All right. So now we know what we're pushing for. So yeah. what are you currently battling that would negate all of that?
1: <laughs> so there have been some preemption bills that have been filed, and unfortunately, the animal laws and ordinances have been swept up in them. So what is be- a
0: preemption bill? Because i that's a word that was new to me recently. Sure.
1: So preemption is basically taking away the right of a city to pass an ordinance on a certain subject. And if you're gonna regulate it, you have to regulate it at the state level. So a perfect example is the Humane Pet Store Ordinances that THLN and you all in Houston and others have been instrumental in passing. So currently there are 17 ordinances and many more in the works to stop the sale of puppies and kittens at pet stores and to use them, um, that they should be sourced humanely. OK, and so you have one in Houston. So if Petland Bel Air wants to go ahead and sell puppies, they can get them from Bark. They can get them from anywhere other than the out of state puppy mill pipeline that is coming into Texas. And think of that, Lisa, from a policy standpoint. Why is Texas, why is Houston Pets at sending and transporting thousands of dogs every year to Wisconsin, New York, mm-hmm. but yet? These pet stores are allowed to ship in thousands of puppies. Yep. Puppies that will go out into our communities unaltered. Yep. It's it doesn't make good policy. No,
0: it doesn't. And and so, from a consumer protection standpoint also, these dogs are sick. They die. They're inbred. There are so many reasons that they should not be brought in for for their health, for the the financial health of the potential owners.
1: We were uh looking into bark. And seeing whether or not any puppies were coming in from pet stores. Mm-hmm. Perfect example. Woman brings a puppy in. It's very sick. And she tried to return it to the pet store. And they said, well, we'll replace it. But you're going to be still on the hook. She paid around $5,000 for it. Wow. And when Bark was explaining to them, no, you need to go back to the pet store and work this out. She got angry, dropped the dog, and stormed out. And so it is It is a taxpayer issue. It is our problem now.
0: Right. So this preemption bill takes away local control over ordinances and says you can't regulate this at all.
1: Correct. And the preemption issue is way bigger than us. It deals with payday loans and other areas. And unfortunately, the animal ordinances just got swept up in them. Now, pet, um, the pet stores are very happy because they want to wipe out these 17 ordinances so they can go back and make the thousands of dollars that they do off of selling these dogs. In the city of Dallas in 2020, 1,348 puppies were imported to that store. That is insane. Again, one store and those dogs are going out intact, not spayed or neutered. So that is why Houston and Dallas stood up and did the right thing and passed the Humane Pet Store Ordinance, and those could be wiped out. But I do want to say something else that's incredibly important. Because there are questions on the language, I'm an attorney, but preemption is way beyond my scope of understanding. We also feel, and we've been told by some legal experts, that the roadside sales... Could also be swept up in this because you're selling puppies on the side of the road. Over 400 cities in the state of Texas have a roadside sales ban. Right. Those could come back. And in addition to that, what about the cities that say, OK, if you're not going to spay or neuter your pet because we have um, a law that says you need to, excuse me, an ordinance, then you have to pay an intact fee for each animal. Right those could be gone as well. So this is this is very concerning. We are working with the authors to try to remove the animals because the authors have said, this isn't about animals. Great. Please right. take us out. Right? right. But as you know, right now in the city of Houston, I cannot be more frustrated. There is the store of Petland Bel Air. I think I looked yesterday. They have 30 puppies for sale. This should... In, ignite and enrage the city of Houston mm-hmm. and the Houstonians because the city council members passed a law. It went into effect January 18th. And now, what? Oh my gosh, to this day, four months later, mm-hmm. three months later, they're still selling puppies right. and they are thumbing their nose at the law. Mm-hmm. And they had a year, one year to right. come into compliance. There's no excuse. And as far as I understand, they are the only store of six stores that are like, Okay, just give us a ticket. It's it's infuriating when we know that bark unfortunately has the task of putting down puppies. Mm-hmm.
0: That's it's so. it's hitting them twice. They have to. They're trying to enforce it and being ignored, and then they have to then suffer the consequences.
1: Could could not agree more. You know, every other city that passed this in Dallas, Petland left. Of course, they did because they couldn't fulfill their business model mm-hmm. because. You know, they're not making the thousands of dollars. Right. Right. Same in San Antonio. Houston is the only city where these pet stores where Petland is still selling puppies and thumbing their nose at the wall. And I agree with respect to Bark. You know, animal sheltering professionals, when you think about they're the only profession that care for the animals that they might have to actually euthanize. Mm -hmm. How horrible is that? So, you know, at the end of the day, it's the business that should be punished. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I know that it's going through the system right now. So yeah. hopefully they'll get some hefty fines.
0: Yeah. So if I am a, a citizen of Houston, I am a voter, I have a representative. What can I do with these with respect to these two fronts that that THLN is, is battling on right now to help and support?
1: Sure. So. Uh, The bill number for the Licensed Breeder Program and Strengthening the Program, it's House Bill 2238 and Senate Bill 876. This is so easy, Lisa. You go to Google and you put who represents me Mm -hmm. and Texas comes up. You put in your address and it tells you your state senator and your state representative. Every citizen has one of each. It, you click on it, you get the number, it is a two-minute phone call. Mm-hmm. It's easier than ordering pizza, right? <laughs> I know everything we do on the app nowadays, you know. But um, our junior advocates love it yeah. because it gives them practice on actually talking on a phone. Yeah. You know, they don't. <laughs> and I still
0: don't like to, and I am not a junior anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's so simple. Hi, my name is so-and-so. Here's my address. It is very important that are, you know, this the state representative vote yes on House Bill 2238. Mm-hmm. And we say SBN, um, HB, because HB is House Bill. Mm-hmm. So that's your state rep. And then Senate Bill is the senator. I would like to put in a very special plug for Senator Whitmire, because he is carrying it mm-hmm. in the Senate. And how great is it? Oh, he is, um, excuse me, a co-author yes. with Senator Pete Flores. But how great is that? Because he carried it in 2011. Yeah. He's such a champion for animals. He really well, is. We're so fortunate to have him, the really, dean of the Senate. On yes, our side.
0: absolutely. And so yeah. it, it, two, two quick little questions on behalf of our listeners. One is, should you only be calling your representative? There's no, there's no benefit to going down the list and calling everybody, right?
1: Correct. Well, that's what the opposition is doing. Okay. The American Kennel Club is opposing our bill. Lisa, can I tell you that in 2017 the American Kennel Club actually opposed the bestiality bill in Texas, a bill to put stricter fines and penalties for those who commit bestiality? Yes.
0: I wish you could see the face that our producer just made when you <laughs>
1: said that because we had the same reaction. Okay, so we're
0: obviously we're we're dealing with a a interesting set of morals from the opposition. So if I'm if I call my senator and my House representative and I tell them how they feel, you know, if I if I am one of those people who doesn't like to talk on the phone, is an email as effective or should it be a phone call?
1: At this point, phone calls are the best. Remember, 7000 bills are pushing through. Right. And and you could have 12000 emails you're trying to get to as an intern sure. in or a staffer, yeah. right, in the senator house office. Yeah. And so a call, a lot of these offices have tabulations mm. where they say, okay, support. And then sometimes the representative or the senator will be like, wow, we got 160 calls. And these are constituents. Again, the reason I bring up the opposition is because they do calls from Nevada, California, mm. because they're breeders and they have been given a line that says, oh, they're going after us. We're not. Again, a lot of them are exempt. So that's what the opposition does. But no, you are exactly right. Now, if you are heavily involved and you have a business in another representative's district, if you own property in South Texas, feel free to call them because Mm -hmm. you are contributing to that district. Um, You know, and Houston Pets that you guys can call all of Mm -hmm. the districts in which you are serving Mm -hmm. their animals to explain, look, we just got puppies last week from your district. Yeah. So this is really important.
0: That's a good point. We do, a lot of our uh, our listeners and our followers are part of organizations and these organizations don't just serve one district. So yeah. you know, if your nonprofit is bringing in animals from the entire greater Houston region, that does that technically makes you a constituent so your your voice can have a little bit more impact. So Absolutely. that's that's action item number 1 is this is yes. a bill we definitely want people to support. Now, I know there are quite a few other bills going through right now. Do you want to just touch on some of them that that people can call about as well?
1: Sure, I'm happy to. Um, And with the preemption bill, there's really nothing to do right now, but stay tuned. We always ask, um, it's free. If you go to THLN.org and you hit join, and if you put your address in, we will send you tailored action alerts um, that are really important. Again, a two minute phone call. That's it. Um, And so with respect to the other bills, we have a couple that are going through that are really good. One is a bill that supports trap-neuter release. Yes. So um, not to get too into the weeds, but there is a concerning potential opinion that can come down from the attorney general saying that the practice of trap-neuter release could be seen as abandonment under the Texas Animal Cruelty Law. Well, you and I know that it sounds ridiculous, right? right? Um, Because we're talking about people that take a dog, go to a field and dump it. Mm -hmm. And you know, now in some of these areas, some of the best things to do on Google is view these dumps and then they get a $2,500 fine Mm -hmm. because there was a game camera there catching them. Right. So um, it is now going through the legislature to actually um, exempt those people that practice trap, neuter release, because if we don't, and those programs stop thousands of cats uh, our community cats and whatnot right. will be euthanized and there's absolutely no reason behind it right. that bill is really doing well it doesn't Good. have any opposition but um, again feel free to call your state rep uh, state representative or senator and ask them to support it yesterday a bill um, that would actually strengthen a law to penalize those that have fake service dogs is going through. Mm-hmm. And that's incredibly important. Um, We really appreciate that bill as well, because as you know, in my gosh, anywhere from coffee shops to restaurants, these people use these fake service dog vests, Mm -hmm. fake service dog cards. And what what we've really learned through this process in um, assisting with this bill is that it's really detrimental to those who truly need a service Mm -hmm. dog who are blind and then their dog is being attacked by another dog. It's the, the uptick in incidents that have hit our um, hotline have been astronomical. So that's a really good bill as well. And it's all of our bills are on our website that you can follow THLN.org. So feel free to peruse and go Mm -hmm. through some others, but those bills are definitely moving their way um, through the process. Good. So
0: they've been, and I, I'm, learning how it all works but they've been voted out of committee right and they're moving to, so that's a couple of people who said yes this is a bill that everyone should vote on and then they move it forward into the larger body and they vote absolutely on it there. so
1: absolutely that was and a lot see- of hard
0: work that went into getting them out of committee so bravo on that
1: well thank you <laughs> thanks to everybody that called i mean our organization it's so funny because you know um people call well you know with this smaller yep. organization and you know, who does this? And I'm like, you're looking at her because we only have three employees, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But 90% of our work is done by you all just making calls. And that is why it's so important to really help us pass the TDLR bill because that will effectuate change for thousands of animals that now are gonna be inspected. Because what happens when you pass stricter breeding laws they either stop breeding because they know they can't meet the standards or they go to another state. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Texas is number two for overpopulation, we need this bill now more than ever. Yes. And a and long side of that goes with continuing to push these pet store puppies out of existence. Yes. Again, we're not saying you can't go to a breeder. We're just asking that you use local breed clubs, mm-hmm. you meet the parents. There's seven things you can do in order to go to a responsible breeder mm-hmm. please do that but also know that there are so many great dogs and cats at shelters
0: yes right now. absolutely so yeah. my the last question I have would be what is what is the timeline how long do we have until these or potentially until these bills get voted on and, and is there a sense of urgency for people to call <laughs> there's always a sense of urgency
1: <laughs> can I can I tell a quick thing of course. Um, I used to kickbox in law school because it was so stressful and I loved kickboxing and I started kickboxing again Oh no! and it is the best form of release for me right now and that's why I'm like smiling and happy because I'm getting all my aggression out. So when you say that like beads of sweat start popping on my forehead because we have until June 1st.
0: June 1st. Okay.
1: And, And right now it is a race to the finish tdlr strengthening um the bills that we talked about 22 38 and 876 they have a really good chance but guess what there are thousands of other bills that are trying to make it to the finish line right so every call helps um again if you just are adamantly against calling feel free to do an email but when you're doing that give them a personal story Mm -hmm. i have a puppy mill dog survivor this, this bill means a lot to me. Yeah. Um, you know, in Wichita Falls recently, are you ready for this? 400 animals were seized from a pet store, including dogs and cats. And the cages were absolutely horrendous. Mm. Who pays for that? Animal investigation and response, mm-hmm. the C3 that went in and rescued all those animals and local law enforcement. So feel free to come at this from actually... A fiscal standpoint, yes. you know, we're trying to save taxpayers money by not allowing these unscrupulous breeders to go at it. So again, just every call, every email, everything counts at this point because we're racing with thousands of other bills. And as you know, animals can't wait. We mm. need to fix this now for them.
0: Absolutely. That's a, a perfect. Bo, on this conversation, there there is a sense of urgency because I just had to think. I was like, "Well, June's not that soon. It's mid-April. It's, we're almost in June." So, yeah. um, there is a sense of urgency, and so you know, if if people want to have have calling parties, you know, a lot of times people feel like I don't know how to get involved in animal welfare. Sit around with your friends, sit on your cell phones, have a script sitting in front of you, and call your representatives. It's a really easy way to make an entry into this kind of advocacy.
1: I love it. Absolutely. Um, Unfortunately, Stacey Sutton Kirby, uh, my partner in crime, she is at the Capitol right now every single day, every moment. And she is working those two bills in the Mm. House and Senate. And so, but feel free to email her and say, hey, I want to help phone bank. Um, What I like to do is have a mimosa brunch and friends come over And you put them um, in a quiet room. Like you said, you give them a script, they make their two calls and they move on. And then they finish the mimosas. (laughs) Right. And a two minute phone call means the world. Again, effectuating change at the state level is so incredibly important. And we've got to, we have to bring these breeders into line because we are at crisis levels again. And you know, as well as I do. And, you know, just when you're having a hard time making that call, I just want you to remember the smell of that urine, right, or what you came upon, and then it's easy peasy yep. because we are their voice. If we aren't, who is, right?
0: Absolutely. Oh, Shelby, it's always such a pleasure talking to you and your passion and dedication to this is is life-changing to so many animals and and we know our supporters are motivated and and hearing you explain it like this hopefully will will get them off the couch, onto the phone, or they can sit on the couch while they're on the phone and and making these phone calls and and helping save these animals and and generations of animals to come. So yes,
1: again, thank you and thank our Houston chapter of volunteers yes. that are also leading those phone banks. Um, we do have a chapter there, and they have phone banking events quite often. So again, awesome. if you reach out to Stacy and and join us, it's free and we need your voice. And we're going to,
0: we'll have some links to, to, to all of your resources so that our listeners don't have to search and hunt to find anything. We'll put it right in front of your faces to make it easy. Shelby, thank you so much. Go back to your kickboxing and get some of this stress <laughs> out and take good care of yourself. Thank you so much, Lisa. Appreciate sure. it. Thank you all for tuning all right. in. We'll see you next time.